for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Welcome back to another Monday Breakdown. It's week number 25, that means we have 27 more weeks to go in 2019. We're so close to the middle of the year, I still can't believe half the year is almost over. We've celebrated the longest day of the year on Friday, June 21, in the Northern Hemisphere, where the sun's path is the furthest north, rising in the northeast and setting in the northwest. That's what makes it high in the sky in the northern hemisphere and low in the southern hemisphere. It's also known as the summer solstice. But if you live in the D.C. area, the latest sunsets will start on the day after the solstice, the 22nd. This also brings an essential question to light. What is the Stonehenge? What's the meaning of Stonehenge? That was a song by Yilvis, the same guys who gave us What Does a Fox Say? Anyways, this song is called Stonehenge. Check it out on iTunes or wherever you listen to your music. Pretty ridiculously amazing. I just had to throw it in because it's so synced up with what I'm just about to talk about. It is a marvelous prehistoric monument built with huge stones weighing over several tons, one theory points to winter and summer solstice, and people gather at this monument on these critical dates to celebrate and see the sunrise on these dates. In fact, you can also purchase a scale model of the Stonehenge and build it yourself, and see how the sun rises through the opening in the middle trilithons. Trilithons are tall structures measuring at about 30 feet tall. There are only three left standing. The smaller stones are called blue stones, and the outer circle is made out of sarsen stone, which is actually stronger than steel. So how long are these days usually? You can experience between 18 to 24 hours of sunlight in northern Canada, as well as most of Alaska. Southern Canada can experience 15 and a half to 18 hours of sunshine. And in the north of Virginia, we should have barely 14.54 hours of sunlight, which is almost 15 hours. This actually raises an another interesting question. When we're fasting in the summer months, I'm amazed at how we get 16 to 17 hours when the longest day is only 15 hours or the longest sunlight. Hmm. That's because the fasting starts 30 minutes before the nautical twilight and ends at sunset. Now, what is nautical twilight, you might ask? Well, nautical twilight 
occurs when the geometrical center of the sun is between 6 degrees and 12 degrees below the horizon. This twilight period is less bright than civil twilight and artificial light is generally required for out outdoor activities. Here's another new term, civil twilight. Now, civil twilight occurs when the sun is less than 6 degrees below the horizon. In the morning, civil twilight begins when the sun is 6 degrees below the horizon and ends at sunrise. In the evening, it starts at sunset and ends when the sun reaches 6 degrees below the horizon. There we have it, the longest day of the year, so many more days and weeks to go. Let's recap on who you got to listen to last week on the podcast. Shelly Allen told us about how to organize your thoughts before we start to write our book. Quentin Allums discussed the dedication of our life's story to build our own brand awareness. Falguni Katira gave us tips on how she helps gain confidence when going back to work after spending time raising children. And finally, Andrew Caters delved into the inner workings of what it takes to be an actor, martial artist, and extremely humble. Now we have some fantastic guests lined up for this week. But first I wanted to chat a bit about the summer blockbuster movie scene. As I mentioned last week about John Wick movie franchise, there's a new video game that's available for pre-order. It's called John Wick's Hex. How is this game different than most shoot-em-ups? In this game, you apply strategy to each action that John Wick takes. They've tried to mimic how the movie unfolds, and as you play the game, you dictate which steps John Wick takes as he makes his way through dark alleys and hotel walkways. Then you get to sit back and watch the plan unfold in front of your eyes. The trailer looks impressive and is voiced by our favorite hotel host. Check out the trailer on the link in the show notes. And if you're so inclined, pre-order the game for your PC or Mac at the link in the show notes. Our first guest for this week on Tuesday is Jonathan Stark. He wrote a fantastic book called Hourly Billing is Nuts back in 2016. And he's got a great podcast called Ditching Hourly. I absolutely love what he's talking about. I felt that same pain living in a world where you are masked as an hourly employee rather than using your mind to do the job that you brought in to do. Instead, you are counted in as a worker using your hands. Ever since listening to the podcast, this mindset has stuck with me. So check out the podcast on Tuesday and learn how to use your mind and ditch the hourly mentality. Next up, we get to hear from Tony Bubb. She's a professional lover of life, a creative innovator, visionary, and a fantastic all-around individual. Through her videos and mindset, I was inspired by her compassion. She's an advocate for human sustainability in the workplace, meaning she's on a global mission to reduce job-related stress and shift workplace culture with God, self-transformation, and fun. So be sure to sign back in on Wednesday for her fantastic episode. On Thursday, we get to talk with Eric Didier, who brought his expertise of video creation from YouTube and Twitch to LinkedIn and inspired an entire generation 
into telling their stories through passion on video. I was introduced to Eric through LinkedIn videos and I was utterly blown away. I reached out, connected, and watched Eric grow his audience and influence with videos. This led to him forming a production house with Quentin Allums and other seasoned video and content creators. Lastly, to close the week off, we get to speak with Krista Mullion. She's an avid learner like myself, an entrepreneur, a LinkedIn local host, and a top truth teller. She's worked in a program and product management capacity for many years and is launching a brand new mindset initiative called The Sassy Method. I met her through the social media platforms and got to get to know a little bit about her prowess. She's here to spread positivity one smile at a time. So be sure to come back and listen to Krista's episode on Friday. A little tiny update on beekeeping. Still didn't get a chance to get the honey out of the hives. I did check on them through the window of the flow hive and it looks like the bees are working to seal those cells and start storing honey there. Only time will tell. Check back next Monday to see if I've uh, got any honey out of there. <laughs> this weekend started with the craziest dream I've had in years. And of course, I got to see some of the folks that have been on top of my mind. It's also an unexpected star arrived at the meet. First, I saw my good friend Saeed Zaman, and then my cousin Ali Kadri. We were hanging out at a museum of pianos. I have no idea if there's such a thing, but it was either an airport with two pianos or a museum. As I was sitting at this piano, I know I've never played a piano before, I see this man walk up and I remember saying hello to him way too many times. He's got a fantastic heart and through the years he's done some tremendous work. Everyone has a different story about him and how they learned to love him. A lot of you guys might have seen him in a favorite TV show where he was a prince. Others have seen him saving the world one way or another. From the historic West, from the historic West to the futuristic time traveling to save the world. Or by fighting alien bad guys by giving them a little sneeze and infiltrate their defense mechanism. He's taught us the true meaning of finding happiness through struggle and by giving up his organs as he meets his potential donors. I mean, the list can just keep going on, but he's been in one part of your life or another. He's a father of two and a husband to a lovely woman. I'm sure you've probably figured out who this man was that came into my dreams. Yes, it is Will Smith. The craziest thing, though, was I immediately woke up after he came in my dreams, which sucks. I kept trying to go back to sleep to see if I could go back to the dream, almost like the Matrix. I have to go back. I wanted to know where the conversation would go, but the first thing I said to him was, my wife is going to freak out, or my wife is going to freak, and immediately took some burst shots on my iPhone and not a video. Like I took up the iPhone, I took up my iPhone, started taking pictures of him that I see him. 
Then I decided to launch the sound recorder on my phone and just listen to him talk before I just woke up. After all, it was time for Fajr and I had to get ready for my bike ride. I'm undoubtedly scared and excited about this bike ride, but the team has been working hard at getting faster and I'm afraid that I've still got two to three weeks of training left to go to hang with them. They managed to do a 60 plus mile ride at 18 miles per hour average last weekend, which is quite fast. Whereas I've been averaging around 10 to 12 miles per hour since I've started riding. It was a great ride. I managed to ride 61.67 miles plus another 2 miles, so about 64 miles total. And what's funny is that 80% of the time I was riding by myself because I simply couldn't keep up. In fact, when I got to the meetup, in fact, when I saw all that would be riding, I was taken aback because every single person was either seasoned or had become a faster rider over the past year. So we started off at 7.30 a.m. from the Trailside Park in Ashburn, and the route is in play. Now, the first thing you're supposed to do is hit start on your bike computer. And I have a Wahoo element, but unfortunately, I forgot to turn on the heart rate monitor. Having the heart rate monitor on is quite important because I'm collecting all of this data from the bike, power, cadence, speed, and heart rate. It all helps dictate how good the training has been working. After about two miles, I had to reboot the bike computer and make sure that the heart rate monitor was on all while riding. Now, it certainly helps when you get those red lights. I managed to set four personal record without the heart rate data, all while trying to stay with the group. So that's a pretty good win. All right, once the Wahoo rebooted, it was able to pick up the heart rate monitor and I got all four data points that I wanted to be recorded. Some other items that we get to see on the bike computer are related to current time, total ride time, power in watts, cadence or RPM, which is rotations of the pedal per minute, heart rate, average speed, total miles traveled, and then uh, when you do the analysis on the computer or on Strava, the software usually adds temperature data to the ride as well. And on the next page, of the Wahoo of the, or your computer, uh, you'll usually see the elevation being recorded as well as the grade of the road based on GPS data. So you can see how many feet have you climbed while you've been riding your bike. Now that everything was working normal, my goal was to simply stick with the guys as close as I could, all without running out of steam. But of course, after about five miles of riding, I had already been dropped. I later caught up with them as they waited at a stoplight and someone had to relieve themselves. Now overall, it was quite a remarkable weather, starting at around 65 degrees, but we had a constant headwind of about 6 to 10 miles per hour. Even though I had used the restroom as soon as I got to the park, I still had to go again a second time during the ride. But it wasn't as bad as stopping and going behind a tree. Pleasant weather in the middle of June, what are the odds? We waited, took some photos, and got back on the route. 
not too far along the way, and I got dropped again. I might have stuck around for probably 10 minutes before they raced up the hill in front of me. And it was just a matter of time that I made some wrong turns, but I still thought that I was on the right path till somebody called me and told me that I was too far ahead of them, which confused me and caused me to ride down a hill I had just climbed, only to climb it back up again. The not showing of turn-by-turn directions was something that didn't register because I had been out of practice for over a year. So I finally caught up to the rest of the team and was given specific instructions to avoid some reasonable climbs. I recorded the conversation so I won't forget, and we got back on the route. I kept repeating where I needed to go next. It was a left turn, then two right turns to get to Old Carolina. No one mentioned that there were a few roundabouts in between that I should pay attention to. So I kept rolling and finally made a left turn at the first roundabout. I then made the next right turn and went north on Route 15, which mind you is a highway and cars flying at 55 miles an hour. I rode about a mile and a half and did not see Old Carolina Road where I was supposed to turn right. I stopped and looked for that road on this highway on my phone and I was heading the wrong direction. So I turned around as quickly as I could and rode down the shortcut I was supposed to take. Finally, after two miles on Route 15, I made it to Old Carolina Road. The traffic was non-existent, and I could relax a little bit. Looking at the total mileage, I had only traveled, looking at the mileage, I had only traveled 14 and a half miles. Based on the calculations, my average speed was 13 miles an hour, and I felt pretty good about myself. At mile 16 and a quarter, I hit a wall with some excellent climbing. I kept at it and covered one mile climb of about 200 feet. Pretty good effort, I think. My legs still felt limber and I kept riding, looking for those downhill moments and trying to get the fastest speed possible to up my average speed. Now, at this point, I'm on Mountain Road and apparently... This was my last right turn, and they told me to just keep going, keep going on Mountain Road. So I'm on Mountain Road, and apparently I was supposed to keep going straight, but then the bike computer woke up and told me, hey, the route turned right up ahead. So I, f- I first ended up on a dead-end neighborhood road. I was like, all right, this is very annoying. So I stopped to reload the course so I can at least get route navigation, and I just couldn't figure out what was going on. So I turned around, then finally found the correct left turn, which I was not supposed to take. And there was a nice downhill, which usually means that we're going to be doing some climbing up ahead. I managed to ride the four and a half miles, gradually climbing about 200 feet, and then realizing that this is where I would have ended end up if I had stayed the shortcut route straight on Mountain Road like I was told. The next 1.7 miles was almost 300 feet of climbing at 3.9% grade, which I wasn't entirely prepared for because I had just done 400 feet of climbing in the past five miles. I also got a call from the teammates telling me that they were at the cafe. 
after three and a half miles and some more climbs and dives, I made it to the coffee shop. Man, I was relieved that I had made it and ready to relax for a bit and refuel with some nitro coffee in nut muffin and a biscotti. I used the restroom and refilled the water bottle. Now on this 32 mile ride up to the cafe, I used up one water bottle, which is about 22 ounces of water. I also had energy gels that kept me going and it took me a total of two hours and 50 minutes of riding plus stopping time to get to the cafe. We got back on the road after chilling and taking photos at the coffee shop. M. Qureshi even asked me at the shop if I knew how to follow the directions on my bike computer. And I was like, I think I do. I'm just a little bit rusty. By the way, you can hear him talk about his cycling experience on Keto on episode 244. So now we're back on the route. I keep up with them as long as I could till we hit another hill and get passed by Saad who says, ABD man, always be drafting. And I was like, well, that is easy for you to say. You're a seasoned rider and I'm just too darn slow. I barely hung around these dudes for a mile and they were long gone. I tried being air on the bike and pedal, trying to catch up on the downhills, but no dice. I just kept working at it and kept going. And from mile 33 to mile 47, I was crystal clear on where I was going. The navigation, the map on the bike computer was telling me I'm going in the right direction. And then I went the wrong direction. Apparently, at one point, Snickersville Turnpike makes a right turn. And that's the right turn I was supposed to skip and go straight onto Lime Kiln Road. Not only if the Wahoo had told me that and I needed that I needed to be on a different road, I probably would have been on the right track. But the downhill was so much fun. It wasn't until mile 51 I came to realize that I took a totally different path. Instead of being 10 miles away from the car, I was now 20 miles away. This was a game time decision and I only had one choice. Make my way back to the car. So I got on Route 50 and rode on it for about two and a half miles and waited at the roundabout at Gilbert's Corner. Now Gilbert's Corner has some fresh strawberries when the season is right. You can go down there, pick up strawberries from the fields and they can weigh it and it's really cool experience. Fresh organic strawberries. And Gilbert's Corner is also known for um, having some really good food like food trucks and whatnot. So not that I was going to eat any food, but just telling you. Gilbert's Corner was a good spot. So then I stopped there at the roundabout, looked at the map, figured out where I needed to go. And then, so then I started going north on Route 15. Now these dreaded two-lane highways are not good for the faint of heart to be riding a bicycle alone on. Good thing that I had a blinking real light, which alerted drivers that there's a bike on the road certainly did not change how fast they passed me. After riding another four and a half miles on this highway with cars and trucks speeding next to me, I descended about 150 feet and climbed another 50. I finally found the route from the original 
not to mention that these last seven miles on the highway were between 12.40 to 1.20, the busiest times on any road. I had cars honk at me because I somehow made them think twice before driving insanely. Anyhow, I managed to get on this turnoff from the Route 15, only find that this was a gravel section. Well, not so much gravel, but certainly an unkept road with excessive dirt and gravel. Cars coming my way created a dirt cloud behind them, which I had to breathe through and get to the next turn. There were climbs and drops on this gravel ride, and I kept a steady hand on my brakes to not squeeze them too hard and slip and fall in the middle of this shaded road as I was descending. It was much better, though, riding in the shade as the sun was right on top, and I felt that sun plenty while riding the seven miles on the highway. As can be seen by my tan lines, which do not lie. This only means that I need to wear full sleeve shirts when I'm out on that photo shoot this week. So now I finally got to an intersection at the end of this gravel road. The road names were missing, but I double checked the maps and made the correct left turn. After about a mile of gravel, I was happy to get the smooth road feeling again. I kept rolling and documenting the ride so I could tell you all about it. Another three miles in, and I was out of energy. My teammates had already finished their rides almost an hour ago, and I just couldn't go on. Not to mention, my phone battery was at 10%. I had totally forgotten to take a battery pack with me, which only meant that if the phone died completely, I'd probably had to find a way back to the car somehow on my bike, but I did not want to take that chance. I had been away from home since 7 a.m. and it was 2 p.m. That was seven hours out on the road, making wrong turns and cursing a few things, actually. Number one thing that I cursed at was Ride with GPS. This is the applications that the team uses to create routes on. But unfortunately, you need a paid account to download the course with turn-by-turn -turn navigation. Wahoo did not help much because the turn-by-turn -turn cues from the, from the route was missing and also recently learned that TCX files have power data. Hmm, good to know. Number three, it would have been nice if you had the correct GPS file to download to our bike computer so we had the turn-by-turn -turn directions with street names. I'm sure the other teammates didn't have that problem at all because they kept together and they knew exactly where to turn right and left. It was not a no-drop ride. Hmm. This only means that I have to be more diligent from before the ride starts to know that the route that's picked has the digital route markers, or like they call it, Q-sheet. After all, a printed Q-sheet is what all route leaders use on the RBC rides, which are mostly no-drop rides for groups 3 to 6 where They'll stop, make sure everybody's grouped together, and then they ride again. Overall, it was an adventurous ride, and I'm glad to have done it. If I get to count the two and a half miles I rode before I had to reset the Wahoo, that's about 64.2 miles ridden on Saturday. This accomplishment also put me on the team's leaderboard at number 8 with a total of 82.6 miles ridden that week with 17 
6.3 miles trailing behind Bilal Manan, our resident triathlon, right next to Ahmed Qureshi. My numbers for the grueling 64-mile ride gave me 131.5 average watts and a max of 723 watts. Man, when did I push that power out? I burned a total of 1,848 calories. The training load was 606 and at 110 intensity, 110% intensity. The average speed was 13.65 and a max speed of 34.7 miles per hour. My average RPM or cadence was 84 with a max of 178. The average heart rate of 154 beats per minute and a max of 179. That's the point when I have to just stop and take my breath. I have tried to breathe through. I do try to breathe through taking deeper breaths at the higher heart rate, but 179 is like, all right, you got you to gotta calm down. The total feet that I climbed on this ride was 4,307 feet and a historic relative effort score of 515, which means that I worked super hard on this ride and the efforts showed for it. I'm just going to have to keep up the excellent work and keep getting stronger, faster, limber. After I ended my ride, I didn't, after three miles of riding, I was totally out. So I had to call a lift get in the car, put the car in the back. Uh, the, the wheels had to sit in the back seat next to me and the bike had to sit in the trunk because this was a hybrid car. The nice gentleman asked me what's going on, what happened, where's the rest of your team? So we had some good chat with them and then he got me to my car and that's why I was, I was able to get home around 3 p.m. So I came home, napped for maybe an hour and a half after showering and eating. We later went to one Loudon Carnival. The kids enjoyed various rides and headed over. And then we headed over to a little Italian for dinner with family. I had a delicious saji chicken sandwich with spicy fries. And it felt good to eat. Sunday was a bit relaxed. I talked with the neighbors about putting up some hanging lights over the yard. He had already done that for his uh, backyard, so got some good tips from him. Took the kids for swimming, watered the yard, watched a movie with the kids called Wonder Park, took a nap with the little one, then went to the carnival again so the kids could enjoy the rides they missed the day before. Plus, it was the last day for the fair. Came home and I kept telling myself that I need to get a bike ride in since I didn't get to ride today. I managed to ride for an hour at midnight, ate some food, and got to recording or writing, actually. You know, I do want to talk about Wonder Park, the movie. It was nothing like I had expected before. I mean, the trailer, which I probably saw a few months ago, and it looked like a good movie for the kids to watch. But as I was watching the movie with the kids, I felt tears in my eyes. Like some of the emotions in the film were quite strong. And it's a fascinating perspective around mental health. There were so many things that I learned around mental health in this movie. And it felt really great to have a deeper understanding. 
First of all, it evoked some of the feelings I had when I watched The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. Both of these movies talk about the wonders and keeping those dreams and imagination flourishing rather than pushing them down under because something happened that we did not like. In Wonder Park, in Wonder Park, they mentioned these darkness feelings as destructive and emotionally scarring. And to, and to get out of these feelings requires hard work and devotion to address those emotions correctly. And it linked back to the movie Inside Out by Pixar as it goes through emotions inside a child's mind and how her parents felt. And without proper communication, it is literally impossible to overcome symptoms that sometimes medication can help, but only from a different perspective. So anyways, check out my ride on Strava on the link in the show notes. You can also check out the movies Wonder Park and Inside Out, which are now available on iTunes. And if you haven't seen them already, check them out. Feel free to reach out to me via email, Junaid at hacksandhobbies.com or via social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You'll find links to all of this in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to The Breakdown. Come back tomorrow to listen to Jonathan Stark and I talk about how to get away from hourly rates, building the business, and talking freelance hours. That's it for the Monday Breakdown. Please feel free to share this episode and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.